0: virgin don't 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 you, don't you people remember frankenstein meets the wolfman wolfman's
1: god <laughs> <laughs> or
0: house
1: of frankenstein with five count them five, five count them five, five
0: i'm going to repay you for betraying me i'm going to give that brain of yours a new home in the skull of the frankenstein monster
2: tonight on the late night fright it's the house of frankenstein and the
0: monster squad can you
1: dig it? Ba ba Hey Faith. Hey Dan. What monster tree prowls the forest? What kind? Frankenpine.
3: Boo. The late night fright begins now.
1: Only on WKMF, Cozy Corner, Public Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very lovely, very talented, very kind co-host, the owner of the Cozy Cafe, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. How are you doing tonight? I'm
3: good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. I enjoyed uh, our our switch-up, our change-up as it is. And change-up is important because there's a big baseball game tonight in Cozy Corner. But I enjoyed the change-up. Usually we eat at Hooters. We actually tried Subway today. And Faith introduced me to a sandwich that I was not aware of. And now that I am aware of it, I just don't know where it's been for my entire life. Faith, please clue our lovely listeners in to what you had me half tonight
3: i made him try something that i like to call the pizza sub it's basically just pepperoni provolone and marinara sauce toasted it's so good
1: it is what i imagine god is like <laughs> and that's not overstating it it was that good
3: i'm glad you liked it.
1: pair it with some sea salt and vinegar chips you'll thank me for mm-hmm. it well, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty big week here in Cozy Corner, and uh, as we mentioned, there's a big baseball game going on. The blumpville Blumps are in town, and they are playing our Cozy Cauldrons for first place in their division. But uh, that game is going long. Mr. Champ Fanghorn will be on later after this show with the post game. So if you need to call in and talk about the baseball game, please wait until Champ Fanghorn is on. We're not going to be taking those calls tonight, Faith. Yeah. No. But if you have anything to say about booger movies or life in general, please feel free to give us a call. And speaking of booger movies, Faith, I think we have two pretty good ones on tap for tonight.
3: I think we do too.
1: We have 1944's *The House of Frankenstein*, and we have 1987's *The Monster Squad*, Faith. I like these movies.
3: I like them, too. Thank you for introducing them to me.
1: You are very welcome. Speaking of movies, on our last episode, we mentioned that we wanted to write a slasher pick called Arbor Day. Do you remember when we talked about this? I remember. And we came up with a general idea for it and a tagline, uh, planting the seeds of terror.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is copyright 2019, The Late Night for right Now, I've been thinking about this a little more, and I do think that we need to do this come up with an idea i want to run this by you okay it takes place at like a country club a real well-to-do country club Mm -hmm. and they're planning some ceremonial tree but the gardener gardener gus Mm
3: -hmm.
1: he's a little on the crazy side okay and all i know is that he has these gardening chairs and uh some girl is standing up uh around these bushes and he's taking the heads off of these uh bushes and her head gets cut off I like it. I like it too. It's a little dark, huh? It's a little dark, but I like l- it. It's a little dark. Yeah. You know, it's not dark. 1944 is The House of Frankenstein and 1987 is The Monster Squad. These are some really enjoyable movies. And I am really glad to be sharing them with all of you out there listening tonight. And Faith, I'm glad to be sharing them uh, with you and to be talking about them with you. I like these movies. Me too. You know what? Let's go ahead and get on with the show. What Let's do you think? Do it. But first as all Oh, wait, 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 wait. Look what we have. We have a news flash coming across the desk. So this is just breaking here from the Cozy Corner Police Department. Professor Lampinis chamber of horrors now faith you know professor lampini's chamber of horrors right they've Mm -hmm. been on the outskirts of town all week their buggy has apparently broken down busted a wheel i don't know Uh i don't know too much about horse-drawn buggies but they are stuck and apparently traveling with this circus or sideshow as you whatever you want to call it are some of the most awful creatures throughout history apparently we have count dracula the frankenstein monster the mummy and the wolf man and apparently the creature from the black lagoon is with them as well wow. and, um, they think that they may have gotten out so if you're out in cozy corner tonight at that baseball game out and about you know having some fun uh just be safe because monsters are out in faith i would bet any amount of money that they're going to find their way here to the probably so. to the studio probably so 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 that's it uh, from the news desk. But look, Faith, what is this right here? Hmm. This is a card addressed to Dan and Faith of the Late Night Friday. Would you like to do the honors with this? Yeah. Go ahead and open that up for me.
3: All right. So it says, you know who to call when you have ghosts, but who do you call when you have monsters?
1: Go ahead and open that up.
3: What does that say here?
1: Oh, you hear that? Some playing music, too.
3: Oh, I hear yeah. that.
1: I like it. And who's that from?
3: The Monster Squad.
1: Well, that's very nice of them to send that Very case. nice. We appreciate it. We may have to bring them, take them up on their offer. Speaking of offers, before we go to the Booger of the Week, you had an offer this week, didn't you? At the <laughs> I, Cozy Cafe. I, I, I
3: did. Um, I was asked from one of my regulars, who I haven't seen in quite a while, um, if I was married. Let me just mention, he is probably in his 70s, maybe something Harrison like Harrison Ford age. Yes, maybe 80s. I don't know, he's older. And... Uh, he said, are you married? And I said, no, sir, I'm not. He's like, well, please wait for me. When I die, I'm going to come back and be a six foot two, 180 linebacker, and I will marry you.
1: Did he say what team he's going to play for?
3: No. Then oh. he also said if, you know, if I didn't want to marry him, he would still just come back to haunt me.
1: Boy, you know how to pick him Faith. I guess I do. You really do. Well, we're going to take it to the booger of the week, and when we get back... We're going to talk about 1944's The House of Frankenstein. And a little later tonight, we're going to talk about 1987's The Monster Squad. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. butter
0: there's something about the insidious unabashed meanness of freddie that people gravitate to i mean i I think what's likable about freddie and it's a real roundabout way is that freddie likes his work and makes no apologies and he is the most heinous of all criminals but Freddy was burned alive by vigilante parents and he exists in a revenge purgatory and his purgatory is absolute I mean Freddy hates his mother doesn't know who his father was the bastard son of a thousand maniacs never had a date hates beauty hates youth and innocence you know just an all-around terrific guy to have at your next soiree come to Freddy the Wild West, made a natural wreck on tour He told me all of his theories and his ideas and and, and all of his imaginings about what he wanted to do with this project, this this little kind of dark uh, folk tale, fairy tale about this this killer, this child killer who perhaps didn't go all the way to hell and wound up in some kind of horror movie purgatory where he was able to infect the, the, the dreams and the nightmares and the subconscious of the, the women and the men uh, who had done him wrong, of their children and haunt their children and their relatives. And he was going on and on about all these things and I just stared at West. I'm your boyfriend now, <laughs> I'd always put a guttural spin on the Freddie voice and, and kind of pinched it back in my throat. And uh, on the early films, the early Nightmare films, the first three perhaps, uh, they, they would fool around in the sound mix slowing it down a little bit I think radio sound technicians would tell you that's called very speed they can slow you down a bit gives you a little more bass in your voice and uh, all I remembered as an actor in the uh, early Nightmare films was I don't want the very speed to make me sound artificial or robotic and so I began to do the Freddie voice faster and then when they applied the very speed technique in post production, it would come out normal. So if I said, uh, Welcome to Prime Time, bitch Ha 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 it would come out on the feature film, Welcome to Prime Time, bitch. Ha 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 It would slow down naturally with just that hint, that just that taste of very speed on it. So that's sort of all you'll ever want to know about the Freddy voice, I imagine.
1: to the late night fright i am dan and i am faith and we are going to be talking about 1944's the house of frankenstein now faith this is a proper booger movie wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. and we didn't talk about earlier but my uncle used to call the boogeyman the booger man and anything with a monster was a booger movie this is what he was talking about these are the kind of movies he was talking about 1944's house of frankenstein now you hadn't seen this movie correct that's correct what did you think of this movie
3: I really actually enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say afraid of black and white movies, but I've always kind of stayed away from them just because I'm so used to color. So, you know, watching old movies like this, I'm like, hmm, well, it really pulled me in, and it pulled me in. I loved it.
1: I'd like to make a note about black and white movies black and white movies you yeah, know they look great on blu-ray transfers and things like that black and white movies are meant to be shown on a big screen those movies were made for the big screen mm-hmm. and if you get the chance to go see a black and white movie on a big movie screen modern movie screen do it, it it'll change your life It's is beautiful but as bobby our good friend would say i digress I love this movie and this is one of the movies that really got me into horror movies and I want to tell a story to you Faith. I want okay. to tell you a story. Is that okay?
3: That's totally fine.
1: Back about 30 or so years ago, you know the movie the movie channel.
3: <laughs> it's not yes. a movie
1: channel. <laughs> you know the channel American Movie Classics? Yes. They used to show old movies on that channel. I've Black and white movies I've on heard that about channel.
0: That.
1: A lot like what Turner Classic Movies is today. That's what AMC was. And back in the day, they used to show old movies, and it was a treat growing up getting to watch old movies. They had a channel dedicated to it, and it was on basic cable, which was great. So, on Halloween's, uh, and I had gotten into the Universal movies, uh, Monster movies at this point, because of another movie that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But on Halloween, they would do their Monster Marathon, and one year, they, I think it started around 5 in the in the evening, and it went all the way through till about 3 a.m., and what i would do is i would put a vhs tape in and i would record every movie that they that they showed that night and it was a gold mine when i got the house of frankenstein recorded and they didn't show commercials back in back in the day on amc so i had this movie i flipped for this movie because it was all these creatures that i loved all in one movie mm-hmm. so and my favorite horror actor of all time is in this boris karloff and i think it's a nice uh circular thing that he's playing the mad scientist here he started his career no he didn't start his career but he became famous playing the creature and now he's playing the doctor who could have created the creature so we talked about boris or uh remember his name william henry pratt yes we talked about him on the old dark house episode so uh if you want a little bit of insight into boris's backstory please go there and listen to that And when you're done, come back and join us. But, Faith, what did you think of Boris in this episode?
3: I loved him. I think going in, I wasn't expecting him as just, like, the mad scientist. I think I was expecting him, um, you know, as kind of a creature. So to see him as something a little different was cool.
1: And he's kind of the driving force of this movie. The story here is very simple. And uh, this movie is a lot of years old. And there go my notes and my glasses. (laughs) I have a bad habit of dropping my glasses. You do. I should just keep them on my face, but for some reason, they're more fun to play with. But So this movie is a lot of years old, and uh, <laughs> yes. we're going to assume that you've seen it. Uh, so Boris uh, plays a character named Dr. Niman. I think that's how they pronounce it yes, through the that's movie, exactly, Niman, exactly who needs to go back to his village where he was wrong because he was in prison for doing experiments he shouldn't have been doing. And with the help of his helpful hunchback, Daniel. I like the name they uh they escape from prison and along the way they kill professor lampini and take his chamber of horrors It has dracula with it and dracula makes an appearance in this movie the wolfman makes an appearance in this movie the frankenstein monster makes an appearance in this movie but boris boris's story is really the driving force here now what did you think because uh, this is the first movie that you've seen him in where he actually talks and right. what, did, what did you think of that
3: Oh, I I loved hearing him talk. I guess, um I mean I've obviously seen the, you know, animated Grinch. So I've heard him speak before. But um to actually see him in a movie where he actually plays a person.
1: How chilling was he in this?
3: Oh, very chilling. I actually at the beginning. Yeah, I, I put a note in that um when they got into uh Mr. Lampini's little what do you call that? Carriage, I guess. Chamber it, of Wars. Sure. <laughs> Um, oh, and
1: faith, I just want to correct you. Yes. Because we strive for accuracy here on the late night fright. Uh-huh. It's a Professor Lampini. Oh, excuse me. Because I've never made a mistake on the air.
3: You just dropped your glasses on the floor. Made a lot of noise. Your point is well said. Exactly. Um, when he tells Daniel that, uh, or when he says he and Daniel will go alone, he just sits there and he has this look on his face. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: He's so creepy. <laughs>
1: I like when he's explaining how he would cut the brain in the beginning with his chalk. Actually, when he grabs the guy yes. with the chalk, I think is is great. Karloff had a real predatory nature about his character mm-hmm. and his characters. Not in real life. We said we established that on, on the uh, old Dark House episode. He was a great guy in real life, but boy, he could bring some dark. And I I love what he does here. This was the last Universal Studios horror movie he would appear in. This so this is really? his final his final turn and I think it's one, I think what a send off. Now he wasn't a fan of uh now they they call these movies the monster rallies is is what they call them. He wasn't a huge fan of this. He thought it was a little bit of overkill. What do you think? Do you think it's a little bit of overkill? Maybe,
3: mm, yeah, not really, maybe. I don't know what I feel about I think this
1: movie was made for 10-year-old boys and it appeals <laughs> to the 10-year-old boy and me.
3: <laughs> maybe so.
1: I I I absolutely adore Which, this movie. What do you love so much about it? I love the atmosphere of it. I love the music. Uh, I think it's a treat to watch a black and white movie. First off, I think it's a treat to watch a Universal horror movie. Mm-hmm but to see Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney Jr. together on screen and Boris coming back to universal and playing against the Frankenstein monster is so neat to me and just his presence and, uh, the great performance of J. Carol Nash as, uh, as I just dropped my notes again, J. Carol Nash as the hunchback is one of those nights here in cozy corner. Uh, I think it's wonderful. I love everything about this movie, but I love the fact that the monsters have all come together and, Mm -hmm. and, you get to spend a little time with, with your each one of your favorites here. Um,
3: All right, so who is your favorite?
1: When I was a kid, I was very partial to Lon Chaney's Wolfman because I think there's something very sympathetic about the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. I'm still very partial to Lon Chaney's uh, Wolfman. As I got older, I became very partial to Boris's Frankenstein monster. Now, are you talking about just specifically in this movie or yes, in the Universal the, canon? in movie. Well, in this movie, uh, I would have to say Boris is the mad scientist. I think there's something just so spine chillingly evil about him in this movie and a movie full of boogers. The guy who's not wearing an outfit or, or monster makeup is probably the scariest of them all. Mm -hmm. So now, like I said, it's a very simple story here. He's just going exact revenge. I don't think this movie needs to be anything more than what it is. You know, this is not, uh, this is not high drama or Shakespeare (laughs) here. Oh, there are some Shakespearean elements to it, but this, this doesn't try to be anything other than what it is. So, uh, what do you think about what it is? Now, you mentioned when we were eating that you felt it could have used more Dracula.
3: I did say that. Um, that was actually one of my favorite parts was the shadow on the wall with the bat. And um,
1: The special effects are really good in yes, this movie. Yes, and that
3: was like my favorite part. And I was like, I really wanted more of that.
1: What did you think of uh, John Carradine's performance as Dracula? Now, did you know that that is David Carradine's father uh, from Kill Bill? I uh, did not know that. That is his father. What did you think of uh, Mr. Carradine's performance here?
3: I loved him. I said I wanted more of him. I thought he was awesome.
1: There's something hypnotic about there his is. Dracula. There's something very suave and, and kind of uh, sexy yeah. about about him. Very uh, he draws you in a little more than Bella Lugosi does. Uh, he has a little more sex appeal, I think, than mm-hmm. the Bella Lugosi incarnation. But uh, He's very good, you know. Bella is the standard by which you you judge all Draculas, right. John Carradine holds his own. We don't have a lot of him here, but he does appear in the sequel, uh, *House of Dracula*. He's he's in that a little more. We might have to do that one at a later date Maybe too. You should. But this movie pairs up so well with uh with the second film that we're doing tonight. So um, a lot of classic vibe happening here, and mm-hmm. I really like that they get the the spirit of these monsters. What makes them so special? The Frankenstein monster. You know, kind of misunderstood. Lon Cheney's sympathetic portrayal is the wolf man. Uh, the hunchback uh, story really mirrors the hunchback of Notre Dame. And uh, hey, our hearts go out to the uh, cathedral there in France because that's an awful story about it uh, mm-hmm. burning down. So uh, hopefully they have that back up and run. They said hopefully in five years better than ever. So uh, hope I hope that happens. That's a lovely piece of history. But uh, his story really kind of mirrors the uh, hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, what did you think of the makeup transformation of Lon Chaney Jr. While I'm thinking about this, into the Wolf Man? Oh,
3: I thought it was really cool. I was actually, as I was watching that, I was like, "This is a really cool thing to see for an older movie." Like,
1: and that is, for my money, the best transformation on screen mm-hmm. into the Wolf Man. I was
3: like, "Wow, well, you know
1: that they had that they did in right. in, in this series of movies." I I really, like I said, "There's something just very sympathetic about Lon Chaney Jr. And in this yeah. movie." Um, but like I said, this is just, this movie just really, it's just fun to watch. It was. It it appeals to the 10 year old boy in me. Are there story holes? I don't know. I don't care. I don't care <laughs> if there's story holes. I just, I have so much fun watching this movie and, uh, this movie, like our second movie tonight, you know, we've talked about nostalgia nostalgia blinders, uh, before on this show. I feel the same way I did when I watched these movies as I did the first time I saw them when I was eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. These really bring me back, and um, so I don't know, Faith. Let me ask you this question because we didn't really prepare a whole lot of notes tonight. Mm-mm. I didn't need to. I kind of, I kind of had it all. Right. I've been waiting for this one. Um, what does it appeal to the ten-year-old boy in you too?
3: I, I guess it does. <laughs> it does. I mean, I, I want to go watch it again.
1: Now, we did, a, we did a series of, of shows on the Avengers uh, movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman was the first time. This was the movie prior to this one. was the first time that they paired up their monsters, but this is the first time that they really kind of went all in on them. Can you see the influence on the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I don't think that the Universal Studios people really kind of cared about uh, <laughs> continuity too much like they do over at Marvel, but can you see that influence, though?
3: Of course, yeah.
1: And so when people say, and listen, we did the series of shows, those very small shows on the Marvel Universe, when people say, oh, this has never been done before, I always say, yes, it has. It has been done before. It was done in the 30s and 40s with the monsters over at Universal and what a universe it created. And they would go Mm -hmm. on to have some more shared uh, adventures, these these guys. But let me throw this question out because we are contractually obligated to mention Robert England on at least one show or at least once a show. Can you see the influence of a movie like this on something like Freddy versus Jason,
3: I think so. Yeah. Where it's
1: just kind of fun. Yeah, it's just it exists for entertainment mm-hmm. and, and to have fun.
3: Exactly.
1: So, would you recommend this movie?
3: Oh, of course.
1: I I totally recommend. I watched this
3: movie, this movie uh, eating Chinese takeout, so I think that's the way to go with this
1: movie. <laughs> Chinese takeout, yes. not the not the pizza sub. No. Uh, this movie uh, in the Universal canon mm-hmm. is not as highly regarded as some of their other classics. Uh I get where people are coming from. It's not a Bride of Frankenstein. It's not it's not that real work of art like Bride of Frankenstein or or the Mummy or some of the real other classic works. But I'll tell you what, this movie for me, like I said, it's that ten year old inside of me that just loves seeing these creatures together and those playground questions like we talked about with the Avengers last week. Like, you know, who would win out of, you know, Hulk and Thorval, who can win out of the Wolfman and and uh, the Frankenstein monster and those kind of things. So I love seeing it. I love revisiting this movie every so often. It's just a treat. It's just a wonderful entertainment. Faith, get anything else?
3: I think that I think we've kind of covered everything. Like you said, you love the vibe. I love the vibe of it. I'm ready to watch it again. There are a couple of
1: shots in it that really do remind me of Freddy versus Jason with the backlighting and the fog. So yeah. it's you can you can still feel its influence. Oh, there,
3: there were a few things in this movie I kind of told you about that reminded me of some newer stuff. Horse and Buggy, I kind of thought of Sleepy Hollow. Um, His house behind the gate kind of reminded me of Edward Scissorhands.
1: Right, the Burton, the Burton. Yeah, yeah. you can definitely see. And the German expressionism that we've talked about before. Uh, There are a couple of shadow scenes where it reminded me of uh, uh, Batman Returns and uh, the old dark house in a few few shots.
3: I I had noticed. Well, I I think I told you um, that Daniel kind of reminded me of Morgan from the old dark house.
1: He really does. And and let's not leave before we talk about that. What did you think of that character? I think that's the best performance was, in the movie. I
3: felt very sympathetic for him.
1: I was very moved by what he was doing. I um, He made a very cold-blooded murder uh, quite sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great performance. He was an Academy Award-nominated actor for a movie called Sahara that he was in with Humphrey Bogart. And I, I absolutely love what he's doing in this movie. I love everyone in this movie it's just a real treat to watch if you haven't seen it please check it out Definitely. you don't need to worry about seeing the other ones it's great to see the other ones and we're going to be talking about the other ones on future shows but uh, i thought this would be a good kind of introduction for you to the universal uh universal canon we did the old dark house which is a universal horror movie but not a universal monster movie so how uh how excited are you now about watching these universal monsters oh, i'm
3: so excited throw them all at me right that's what she said
1: that's what she said. So on that hey, the phone line is lighting up. So we're going to go ahead and, and take – Faith, how do you feel about taking a phone call? Let's do it. I say we do Let's it. Let's do it. All right, here we go. You are on the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith here on WKMF Cozy Corner in Public Radio. What is on your mind tonight?
2: Hey guys, this little skeeter bug over here. I've been uh, down there at the old ballpark, man. I've been watching that game, and uh, I just got a few things hey, to say. Hey, skeeter. Uh, champ, let me ask you a question. Skeeters. here. Now, I think it's reprehensible. This is what not the Champ now, show. He had Goldie up. show. We're pitching to Goldie. I, I think, Goldie I think is that their game is still going far. on. I mean, he's the Bump's yeah. secret weapon. He's not even that secret. Oh, no. I mean, he, it's out in the open. He is really that Sir? good. And now we had uh, he had numbers going second and third. And no, this is, this is the late night fright. Why didn't he intentionally walk to Goldie? Do you have any thoughts about I mean, booger I, movies I mean, even a low leaguer knows knows that you you,
1: you walk you think that about guy. House of when Frank he's Stein. up, you got an
2: open base, and you pitch the guy behind him. You know, and, and he's fast. not it's that good I mean, you got, got a good all chance all of getting around him mean, young pitchers have been struggling this seven year. Why they hit wagon these three young is a, a We got stadium. a lot of stuff going on with this team. You know, time will tell. We're twenty-five games in this season. Breath. I mean, you know, we're we're playing for first place. That don't mean much because you know these guys actually want a lot of hustle. And I don't know. I mean, you put that on Coach Davis. You put it on on the manager. Who you put it on? Put on players. I mean, who you put it on? I'm gonna hang up and wait for the answer. Thanks, champ. Please
3: do.
1: Thank you. Thank you. What was that? Wow. That was that was impressive. I don't think he took a breath. I don't
3: think he did either.
1: So uh, let's see if we can answer his question. Uh, did you even hear what the question was? I have was? No clue what he said. Um, who are we going to blame for the team being in first place? Um, I think we have no one, no one to blame but ourselves. I guess. I guess. So on that note, we are going to take a very short break. But when we get back, Faith, you know what we're going to be doing?
3: What will we be doing?
1: We're going to be discussing the 1987 classic, The Monster Squad.
3: Very exciting. I'm Dan. And I am Faith.
1: And we will see you on the other side. Champ Fanghorn, sports guy over at
2: WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I will be bringing you all the action from the ballpark this year. The Cozy Corner Cauldrons are set to make a title run. Get your peanuts and your Cracker Jacks and join me, Champ Fanghorn, sports guy at WKMF Cozy Corner for all the action. sports
1: Welcome back, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we are going to be talking about the classic 1987 movie, The Monster Squad. In just a second, but we just got a report across the desk from the Cozy Corner Police Department. Apparently, there has been some monster activity here in town. Those those monsters from Professor Lampini's Chamber of Forest Faith, they seem to have gotten out. Now, do you remember what we were talking about earlier in the show when we read that news report that uh, Professor Lampini had broken down?
3: Yes.
1: Do you remember what I said? What did you say? I believe I said something to the effect of those monsters are going to get loose and find their way here yes. to the station. Now, they, they're not here yet, but uh, we are expecting them in at any moment because that's just the way things go here in Cozy Corner. But until they show up, Faith, let's talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, 1987's The Monster Squad, directed by Fred Decker, who directed a little movie the previous year called Night of the Creeps, which is a fun little homage to the 50s B movies. We need to do that one on the show. It's a lot of fun. But uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about The Monster Squad. Faith, what did you think of The Monster Squad?
3: I really liked this movie quite a lot. I liked it more than um, House of Frankenstein. Actually. And you
1: loved House of Frankenstein. That is true. This movie to me is like a little rascals. Our gang comedy meets something like House of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. the universal monster rally. I can remember, we're going to go back through the mists of time again. I remember the first time I saw this, it was like at a slumber party or something like this, a birthday party, overnight Uh, stay and uh, the guy's dad had rented the movie and we stayed up and watched it and all just absolutely fell in love with it and I think it it lends some credence to what I've said for years I think kids love boogers Mm -hmm. and I don't mean what they pick out their nose (laughs) the kind of boogers we talk about here on the late night fright what do you what do you think about that
3: I think yeah I think kids love them all types of boogers actually all types
1: of boogers (laughs) absolutely and I remember I've seen this movie dozens upon dozens of times and I can I still feel like I did when I watched this movie the first time I saw it. And those creatures in this movie never really scared me. Yeah,
3: they're not. They're not very scary.
1: They're not terrifying, but Mm-mm. but um we're going to get into some of the things I love about this movie, but let's talk about those creatures for a minute. Those creatures were designed by Mr. Stan Winston who did the redesign on the Predator. Uh, alien that uh, became so iconic and I think he did a lot of I think he did a great job here with these monsters and this whole movie you can tell the love and adoration and that they have for those universal creatures mm-hmm. did you catch that
3: oh absolutely um I wanted to ask you what what's something that you still love about the. you said obviously you watch it at a slumber party so it's probably you know nostalgic to you but what do you really love about this movie
1: you know um growing up it was definitely the monsters because i was getting into those mm-hmm. into the boogers and this movie is my gateway into the universal studios movies and i will forever be thankful for that uh what do i enjoy about this older now that i'm older and can mm-hmm. look back on yeah. it so i tell you what i wrote this, i did write this down as i was watching it the thing that is really great about this movie as an older person watching it is how uh tense it really is. The stakes in this movie are absolutely real. Uh, it's literal literal and figurative. <laughs> there are a few stakes in this movie of the AKE kind. <laughs> but um, like even though it's kind of goofy and ridiculous, like there is a sense of dread throughout this thing. It's mm-hmm. very like you don't want Dracula and those guys to get the right. uh, Get the amulet and there's a real sense of menace to those to those creatures, even though they're kind of goofy. Right. Sort of. Like uh and I think a lot of that has to do with Duncan Rieger, the gentleman who played Count Dracula in this movie. And I absolutely adore this performance as Dracula. And that's one thing that I have come to appreciate. I think this is my favorite on screen portrayal of Dracula.
3: I thought he was incredible. I loved him. I thought he was uh he wasn't terrifying, but he was spooky and you know, you didn't like you said, you didn't want him to get Get the amulet.
1: And- he's, he's creepy in all the right ways. Yeah. And, th- and this kind of brings up an interesting point about the movie. And you don't see this too much anymore. And I don't know that you've ever really seen this before. But the kind of melding of the family movie and the horror film is, <laughs> is not something I think that – that you see too often. And right. you can definitely see the eighties influences on this, uh, with ET ET is something that's really struck out to me. You can, you can feel the the Spielberg influence there. Uh, the movie, the Goonies, I think is something mm-hmm. that this also gets compared to. And I think it's an unfair comparison because I do think that they're two completely different viewpoints, but I can see where they're coming from. You have the overweight kid, you know, you have the kind of leader kid, the tough kid. I I, I get the comparison and, and I don't think it's unfair, but uh the monster squad really kind of is its own thing um apparently faith has something in her eye at the moment yeah
3: no i kind of yawn now my eyes won't stop watering
1: this is this (laughs) is what i do to her people this is what i do to her but uh but uh you don't really see the melding of the family in the horror comedy that's very true too too often now let's go back this movie is uh 32 years old at the time of this recording and this is a PG-rated movie. Boy, it's pretty out there for a PG movie. The language wow. and the violence. Do you think that this is, and we've talked about this before in the show, do you think that we've changed as a culture a little bit?
3: Oh well, I think so completely, yeah.
1: I don't know that this movie would get made the way that it I don't think this movie gets made today no, I don't think not so not for not for the audience that they were going after which was the family market it's it's pretty it's I don't want to say hardcore but it, it goes there it's got some language in it and uh, we've had this conversation here before about movie kids and uh, real life kids Where do you think these fall do you think these are these kind of feel like movie kids to me but like, really likable movie yeah. kids. Especially Rudy. I feel like he's definitely a movie kid. <laughs> Rudy. Well, Rudy is such a throwback to a, to one of the movie original movie kids, uh, James Dean and rebel without a cause. He, uh, he, it's like he stepped right out of, out mm-hmm. of a James Dean movie, even down to the little penny loafers he was wearing, <laughs> which I thought was a nice homage back to those, uh, kind of fifties rebel greaser mm-hmm. types. Uh, let's talk about, since we brought up Rudy, Ryan Lambert plays Rudy in this movie, and he is maybe my favorite member of the gang. Uh, what do you think of old Rudy? He's
3: my favorite too, actually.
1: <laughs> now I did have a thought when I was watching this movie and it just kind of reoccurred to me. Uh, Rudy seems to be in middle school. They're in elementary school and Rudy seems to be in middle school. Uh-huh. Did you catch that? Yes. Did you get that? Well, uh, why do you think Rudy hangs out with these guys?
3: I don't, that's a good question. I really don't know. Cause he seems
1: to like horse.
3: Yeah.
1: Or AKA fat kid. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Rudy's a little odd. Maybe Rudy Rudy's marches there. to, maybe Rudy likes monsters course he yeah. did like that like seeing the uh i mean he is like a 13 year old
3: that's going around smoking so i
0: mean
1: yeah yeah it's, it's a little different I, I, I never i never really thought about that until watching it for the show i was like well rudy doesn't need these guys rudy's cool but maybe rudy is a loner and he wanted to you know, yeah. He, yeah they seem like a good group of kids to hang out with i would i would hang out with them so Me too. which uh which one of these kids though was your favorite
0: i like fat kid
1: do you mean horace Yes. Uh, the actor who played Fat Kid, uh, he actually passed away at 22 years old. He had know. pneumonia. Yeah. He's no longer with us. And I don't know that he did too much uh, outside of this movie, but uh, what a legacy he's left us I, I'm not being funny. What a, what a wonderful legacy. Yeah, had one
3: of my favorite quotes.
1: Which one is that?
3: I think he said, um, I didn't write it down. Let me see if I remember. It's something like, oh, wow, the Wolfman has nards or something. Wolfman's got nards. There you go. Wolfman's that is the most nards. quoted
1: line, I think, from this movie. And for men of a certain generation, myself being one of them, when you say, you know, Wolfman's got nards, we know exactly what you're talking about. Right. We we know what movie that is. Um, I I love it. I love everything about this movie. I love the kids. Uh, I really like uh, Eugene and Phoebe, Phoebe mm-hmm. the Phoebe. And a little bit of trivia about Eugene. You know the show Married with Children?
3: Yes.
1: His brother in real life is Bud Bundy. Okay, cool. Yes, Eugene, that cute little dog they had, Pete, which, like, like I said, just makes it a uh, uh, little rascals comedy or something like that. What did you think of the? Uh, what did you? We were talking about the horror family mm-hmm. elements here. What did you think about this melding? Does that work for you?
3: About the what? I couldn't the, hear you. The
1: melding of the the family film with the horror.
3: Oh, I loved film. it.
1: I think it really works. I wish I they so would too. do this more.
3: I think yeah. I think it brings a different little element to it. It's not just pure horror. You know, there's a little little something extra in there. I like
1: it. I think it's creepy crawly enough, yeah, you know, to really be a horror movie, uh-huh. and then but it's it's friendly enough to be that family movie. Right. I think it really finds that line right down the middle. And like I said, I just absolutely adore the movie.
3: It was so much fun to watch,
1: and I, I love how they did it. Now let's talk about uh, Fred Decker. Like we said, he made uh, that homage to the B movies. Um, that is just escaping me. It's one of those days. It feels like I've been out in the sun. Um, attack of the something another it's going to come to me we, I should have written it down but Fred Decker uh, co-wrote this movie with Shane Black who would uh, go on to co-star in Predator and mm-hmm. wrote Lethal Weapon and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang starring Robert Downey Jr. and Fred Decker and Shane Black co-wrote uh, this past year's The Predator movie that came out which I haven't seen yet I'm I'm on the fence about seeing I
3: haven't seen it either I'm,
1: I'm, I'm on the Night of the Creeps that's the movie this is what happens. This is what happens when you get over 40. You just randomly forget things. Night of the Creeps. That's the name of the movie that Fred Decker did. It's a cult classic. Monster Squad's also a cult classic. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about these monsters. We talked about Duncan Rieger. He's really great. Stan Winston did a great job designing these. Uh, the Wolfman, uh, the the human element of the Wolfman, he doesn't play him in the costume, is uh, played by an actor named Jonathan Grease. Did you recognize Jonathan Grease? I didn't. He's character actor. He has been in a lot of movies, but his perhaps his most famous role is as Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. Do you remember oh, him in Napoleon okay, Dynamite? Yeah. I do. And apparently, Uncle Rico hit rock bottom and went and got himself bit by a werewolf. <laughs> you know, if the coach had put him in in the fourth quarter, they would have won state, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. And I bet you he could have thrown a football over those mountains. <laughs> I would say. I don't want to digress into Napoleon Dynamite too much but how long has it been since you've seen napoleon Dynamite? it's been a long time since i've seen napoleon dynamite too and i feel like i'm due a viewing of napoleon dynamite i I think it might be the cure for what ails me (laughs) it's a great weird fun little movie i love it getting back to the monster squad napoleon would be at home in the monster squad i believe uh so jonathan Grease, uncle rico he played the human part of the wolf man uh i'm not exactly sure who else was uh was under the makeup for the Gill Man and for the Mummy, but the great Tom Noonan was in the makeup for Frankenstein. Did you recognize him from movies like The Last Action Hero? And uh, did you ever see the movie Manhunter? He was in. Nope. That was based on a Hannibal Lecter, uh, the Red Dragon novel, and he played. Uh, did you see Red Dragon? I
3: did
1: not. Ah, uh, great great little booger movie we got to do a lecture movie don't we yes we do well he uh he played the serial killer in that movie and i love his frankenstein here what did you think of his frankenstein
3: it definitely was different i loved it he <laughs> was not what i was expecting at all
1: there was a real sweetness to there was. him
3: was you know it was like okay he's like a big kid
1: and i think they nailed that element of the character which is which is really mm-hmm. great and i love the makeup job because to me that's like what boris's makeup would have looked like in the '80s, right. if they had done it, and I thought there was a realism to it, which was great. But seeing him with the kids and the way that they interacted with him, I thought I thought was just absolutely wonderful. And uh, one of the great supporting characters in this movie is, of course, the neighbor, the scary German guy. <laughs> Uh, Scary German guy is, of course, a guy who is German and is also a little bit scary, at least at the beginning. And I thought that was one of the great things, too, in this movie, like the way the kids kind of interact with the world. You know, you always have that house and that neighbor that you're a little scared of and you're not sure of. He turned out to be a sweetheart, though, didn't he? Mm -hmm. He is responsible for my favorite line in the movie when he tells them, you know, he knows about vampires, but he casts a reflection. In fact, Kit says, "Wow, you sure know a lot about monsters." And he says, "Yes, I do." And he closes the door, and you see the tattoo on his wrist from the concentration camp that he was mm-hmm. in. I thought that was a really nice moment, and I liked the way that it was handled. What did What did you think of that?
3: I'm right there with you.
1: And I think it gives the movie a little depth. Yeah, it does.
3: Um,
1: and I don't know that I don't know that a movie like this, you know, necessarily needs a lot of depth, but uh, I love it. I just I I feel like it captures one of those moments in time you know when you're a kid and and anything is possible even monsters
3: oh yeah thank you so much for you know introducing this movie to me
1: you are very welcome now uh a few final thoughts on it we did say that uh you know this is a uh, a horror film and a family film it's also a fantasy and a comedy mm-hmm. did the comedy work for you
3: it did it wasn't too over the top
1: no, I thought everything just hit right mm-hmm. where it needs to hit. Uh, what did you think of? Uh, were there any favorite lines that you had in here outside of the? Um,
3: um I I did write one down. I can't remember who uh, who said it, but somebody said a creature stole my Twinkie.
1: That was Eugene. That's right. Yeah, and mummies in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> uh I really like uh, the fat kid moment when they say, "Hey, good job!" and he says, "My name is Horace," and he gets that kind of hero yes. shot with the gun, <laughs> which I think is I think is great and totally earned. He totally earned that moment. <laughs> he did. Uh, I like when they're stuck in the house and he's a. Uh, did you ever read the Hardy Boys? You, there's always a secret door. You pull. You pull the statue. Uh, I I just really like it all. I like all of the kids. I don't think anything's over the top. Mm-hmm. I, I like. Uh, I do like when Rudy asks if she's ever been dorked. To what degree yes. she's been dorked, I think is is a nice little moment. They
3: make a joke about that too, uh, about Wolf Dork.
1: I think Wolf Dork is the first thing you you hear them talking yes. about. Yeah. <laughs> and Rudy was right. There's only one way to kill a vampire. You mm-hmm. could run him over with the car, though. I guess car crash.
3: <laughs> no, it was the. Uh, that was the werewolf. Right. You said vampire.
1: Did I say vampire? Yes, you did. I feel like I've been out in the sun all day at that <laughs> at that at that baseball game. So, it's like so how likely are you to recommend the oh, Monster Squad?
3: Very highly. I'm gonna go watch this again very soon.
1: Let's uh, let's do uh, as we do here on the Late Night Fright, our favorites. What a favorite moment from House of Frankenstein?
3: Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, that's a tough question. Kind of put me on the spot there. I
1: like the Lon Chaney transformation into the Wolfman. I like that a lot. Oh,
3: I do like the the shadow with the
1: bat. Shadow with the bat. I, like I also, that. I'm also a big fan of the quick sanity. And when yeah, they, I like that too. When they go in. Uh, favorite moment in the Monster Squad. Ooh.
3: All of them, those
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to go with all of them. I think it's uh, it's
3: just so good.
1: It is. It's really good. It's a unique movie. Mm-hmm. It, you don't see anything like this too often. So if you haven't seen it in a while, please watch it. If you've never seen it, please watch it. Sorry if we spoiled it. Uh, oh, uh, I'm gonna go with Phoebe. I really like Phoebe. I like her too. I really, I think she's cute. She's not annoying. She's so lovely. Uh, Any actress has grown up to be a really lovely young lady, and and I think is doing really well. And all the uh, members of this cast have embraced this movie, and has become a cult classic, and rightfully so. It should have been a bigger hit when it came out. It didn't do much when it came out. It should have. It's it's wonderful though. I highly recommend it. So uh, Faithful, well, the phone is lighting up again. You think we should take a phone call? I guess so. I mean that last one.
3: It's a little strange, but
1: and we and we want to throw this out there. Uh, this is not the post game show with Champ no. Fanghorn. This is late night fright. You can talk about booger movies. We can talk about other movies if you want to. We, but please don't don't talk. We love baseball. Just this yeah, is not no, the baseball post game show. So, all right, here we go. You are on the late night fright with Dan and Faith, WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. What is on your mind tonight?
2: hey guys it's Skeeter again out here at the old ballpark and I got a question out here champ let me ask you something here now it, it, is, no. it is a 2-2 count yeah, know, this that is traditionally when pitch the best pitch now this now, is the late uh, night fright Wilson, he hadn't been locating that change up all night that changeup has just not sir. been I mean, I, sir like, Skeeter like, like trying to find a Skeeter this is not the champ fanghorn show do you it. want to talk about booger movies found Jesus he found that what plan, do you think, you about, think about Boris Karloff do
1: you know that he went to a charity baseball game dressed as Frankenstein?
2: I sure did
1: that's cool with the three stages
2: Going like around the park now. Sir. now who do you put that on? You put that on the manager old crash Davis over there? Or do you but put yes. that on uh
1: Michaelson out there on the mound? I mean who do you put that on? I mean is it possible it could've been me? I did I do it? I yes, I don't know. it was you. So anyway, so, uh,
2: you. Uh, oh also uh, I just want everybody in cozy corner To know there are monsters loose. I see Dracula and Frankenstein and Wolfman um, and then Gillman coming from, from, from Blackrockone. And uh, who's that not know I don't see uh, I'm looking out there I can't see. Oh is. Is there's a Frankenstein creature man. Anyway uh you so led I need to know that. like uh, why do you throw it on two two count? What right. are we gonna do about these dang old monsters out here man? All right uh, I'm gonna hang up wait for the answer. Thank you very much.
1: Okay so first off you could've with the monsters, exactly. I think that seems a, a little more important. Um You do want to throw your best best pitch on a two-two count, though. Mm-hmm. And if he's not locating the changeup, you you definitely want to go with something different. Um, maybe low and away. I don't know. But uh, the monsters are apparent. Oh, faith, faith! <laughs> look, look out the window, faith. Look, oh, joy. there's Dracula and the Wolf Man. Mm-hmm. Is oh. that is that the mummy?
2: Looks like it. Is that
1: the mummy? And it looks like the gill man, and, and, hey, there's the Frankenstein monster. What do you think? Ah, that's great. And it looks like they are trying to get into the studio. Do you still have that card for the, uh, for the monster squad? Where is it? We might need to call this It's people. over there.
3: It's
1: over here. Ah, let me see. Let me see. Let me open it up. They didn't leave me number. Right? Of course not. Of course not. You know, um, we're not going to finish the show as is tradition here on the Late Night Fright, but, uh, who are we gonna blame for this? The
3: Monster Squad. I think we yes. should blame the
1: Monster Squad. They should have taken care of these guys before. Uh, exactly. You know, when they knew they were even close to the town. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Monster Squad, we're little sons of bitches. <laughs>